let's talk about sex. Welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio after missing a week. That's the first time we have ever had that happen, isn't it, Gina? It is. I mean, just with travel schedules, sickness, I mean, <laughs> we couldn't get together to get a show going. So let's get another one rolling. So this is Sexy Marriage Radio, with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris, where we talk sex and marriage and how those two go together so well. But yet Absolutely. there's also so many issues that seem to come up constantly. And if the rate of our emails while we were away say anything then there's some stuff going on that needs to be talked about when it comes to sex and marriage yes and we love feedback and we love uh, being able to read these and and see what we can share with you and we're all in it together we're all just growing and learning yep and you can find us at sexymarriageradio.com send us emails that we've talked about already at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or you can even call our feedback line at 615-56-SEXY-6 just keeping it easy. Yeah, that's 56, right. 56, sexy Try to be simple. So we have quite a few things that have kind of backed up in our email log of things to cover. But some of them aren't quite deep enough, I think, to get to a whole show. Obviously, they are deep issues to the people that's going on. But trying to flesh it out more and more and more just makes it to where we have to be a little more too specific to try to deal with it. And we try to keep the show a little more global. So I'm thinking the idea of this show would be kind of a listener Q&A potpourri, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it is fall coming quickly, hopefully, and cool weather around the corner. So that it's time makes to, you think of potpourri. Yeah, it does. I think of That's <laughs> what I think of is when you have to, the house kind of changes a little bit. Because in the summertime, right. what I think of is just the cool, you know, inside the house. But the fall is my favorite time of year, and that's when the, the smells are always so great. So All that's, right. that's why I think of potpourri. Very nice. That might be more information than our listeners really wanted to know, but oh well. So They're like, come on, give me some help then. <laughs> so help me out. So here's kind of the themes of what I've seen I've, from looking at our emails that we've seen. And obviously we both get these. So some of them we take care of just by replying straight to the email if it's real specific and some of them are great ideas for future shows so one of the ones to start off with is i know from our listener base which has been growing which is awesome thank you very much that you take the time to listen to us that how do you get your spouse to listen you know it's the same thing that happens when we blog you know, on the different sites right. that we have. How do I get, how do I re- send this to my husband or how do I send this to my wife without making them mad? You know, because obviously it says, hey, read this. It's kind of can be a little defensive at that possibly. But so how do you get them to listen to our show? Mm-hmm. You got any great ideas right off the top of your head, Gina? Well, it's going to start in the attitude, of course, because if anytime we're presenting something to our mate, and it's going to be construed as, you know, you're broken and I'm trying to fix you, then it's not going to be well-received. And that's kind of what people are probably afraid of. Yeah, that. and that's and that's typically the way it's approached, too. Is, yeah, when there's frustration right. in the bedroom, sure. 
Or, it, yeah, it's frustrations in the relationship or there's an yeah. issue going on that's your spouse's issue and you're like, your desire, which really, I think, comes from care and concern because it does impact you and you care and you want them to get better or fix something or address something, but it doesn't come across that way. The intent is good. The process isn't usually coming across that well. Yeah, so understanding your mate's own um, language, and we've talked about before on just how to talk to your mate about sex in general, you know, in low stress situations or when you're taking a walk after dinner or something where it's a, a already a peaceful environment. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening and you happen to be the guy and you're the high desire spouse, your wife so loves to peek inside your world. So if, if you can express it as something that you're growing through as something that you're interested in and you can say, hey, you know, I've also found these guys on iTunes and there and say whatever you like about the show and say I, it would really, I think, help us if you would if you listen to the podcast and it'd give us an opportunity to talk. Yeah. Or, yeah, did that, that same, I like that idea of. Hey, this is just kind of a real simple introduction because mm -hmm. I think what they present is is a new way to look at things or a way to talk about something or I mean one of the things I love about some of our emailers that we get is that mm -hmm. their use of our show to address various things that they normally wouldn't so they kind of use us yeah. as the entry into talking about something, you know. And that's great. That's part of the idea of the premise of the show. Yeah, and exactly. I, I like the idea of just, hey, here's something I heard today. Or I even like the idea, a little bit of a, a subtle shift to what Gina was suggesting, is if you're the one that listens to the show and you're really hoping your spouse would, I don't know when you normally listen. I mean, some people maybe listen on their commute, so they're by themselves. Some people maybe listen when they're working out. Some people, like my wife listens to the show, and she listens in the evening sometimes when she's doing something. Mm -hmm. And so she'll just say, hey, I'm going to go listen to Sexy Marriage Radio. And I'm like, wow. well, cool. you know. And so she'll just kind of disappear yeah. and be working on something while she's listening. And you could do that as an entry into, you know, whenever you're with your spouse, sometimes we're doing different things anyway. You know, one of you sitting watching TV and the other's doing stuff in the kitchen or laundry or, you know, whatever. So shift it up a little bit. You know, work on something and be listening to the show while you're working on it with them kind of in the orbit around you of the day, you know, where we kind of interact and cross paths. So it's mm -hmm. kind of a intentional, I want to introduce you to this, but it's also just a non-threatening, I'm listening to it. If you want to join me, I'd love it if you would. So that means, again, you have to be unattached to the outcome. Right. Because some people are listening going, well, that's not going to work. Well, if, if it's work, you're probably trying to manipulate the outcome, which might also be a key to the sexual frustration in the first place, the way we get so attached right. to a specific outcome. But an invitation, you can tell them, you know, we do get the, a lot of emails that say there's, I haven't found any other show like yours. And if if you're new to our show, we might remind you, Corey and I have, we represent two separate marriages. We're not married to each other. And so that in itself is unique. And I definitely represent that low desire spouse and a turnaround in my marriage. It was really helpful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people appreciate that angle. Yeah. And, and just tell them. 
and yeah, and I, I just like the idea because it's the the way you answer this question of how do I get my spouse to listen is the same answer we give on everything. All you can do is control you. So if you want your spouse to listen, you invite them to it. You suggest it. You say, hey, what if we go wherever this weekend and I have some stuff I'd love to listen to along the way. And then you play it in the car while you're driving. Or you just listen at the house because it's something you're interested in and you invite them to join you and be unattached to if they do or don't. And you just see. Because if you live it and grow, you're putting some pressure on them to have to realize, you know, because most people get kind of curious you know, sure. about, you know, what's my spouse doing? What, what, what's that about? You know what? Okay. So they kind of get intrigued. And then that's what you want to play on is the idea that I'm going to continue my course and I would love it if you would join me. Yeah. And, um, that, yeah, I just will leave it at that. I was thinking, well, some people are thinking, I don't want my little kids hearing this conversation, but maybe you do, or maybe you don't. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, obviously you might want to be cognizant of well, our little ears going to hear it. So you're not going to mm-hmm. play it through the speakers. So play it through headphones and then your spouse can be, what are you listening to? And there's your opening. Okay. You know, wow. there's your, hey, it's just this podcast I found that's like the best one I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, these people should be a syndicated show. No, I'm sorry. I got it a little derailed. <laughs> these hosts are incredible. <laughs> They're like my best friends now. <laughs> but she just set it up to where there's your intro. There's your entry is it's, it's a show called Sexy Marriage Radio, and it's all about helping married sex be the best it can possibly be. And there's your, there's your invitation right there. And then you see what happens. They may or may not. It's just like with everything. We, we, anytime we initiate sex, it may or may not occur. You know, not, every, not everything we do in our life comes to fruition. But you just continue to stay the course to what you hold dear and what you believe in. And you see what happens. Yeah, and depending on your level of intensity for how badly you want something, then decide how how much how seriously you express it. Right. You know, if you really want, hey, listen, I really want this. I, I haven't found a way for us to talk about some of these subjects. I'm asking you, just listen. Yep. You know, if you want to be that forward, you need to be. Then then do it. So that's the gamut from very low availability to a very bold request. Hey, yep. I'd really like it if you'd listen just once and and give us a chance to talk about this yeah and because that's that's one of the things that if you if you put the idea of these emails that we've gotten so far that we are kind of a backlog a lot of them really can be shifted to a possible solution by just starting to talk about this issue more because there's so many couples that just don't talk together about sex and it's like you mentioned earlier gina of Initiate the conversation outside of the bedroom. Yeah. You know, do it over lunch. That's a great... Pam and I have gotten a lot of great conversations when I'll go down and have lunch with her at work. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just call her up and say, hey, what are you doing for lunch today? Nothing great. I'm on my way. And then we'll have, you know, hey, how's the day? You know, all those little things. But then you got a 30-minute window or so because she's got to get back to work. I got to get back to whatever I got going that afternoon at work. And... But there's a great chance that, hey, there's something been on my mind lately. You know, maybe this isn't the time to really flesh it all out, but I want to at least 
tell you what's up with me. And then there's your conversation. You see what happens? And then you just, because, you know, you know full well, Gina, and our listeners do too, because if, if you've been married any, or in any relationship any length of time, conversations are not one and done on big <laughs> issues. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing conversation. You know, it's it's lots and lots of little conversations about whatever it is. So yep. take your time. Start the process and take your time. Which yeah, then, and be specific yeah, if you and, want. And that also Pick then one. leads to the yeah. question we had of sex is good when it happens. It's just infrequent. So how do you up the frequency? Because we are big proponents of quality is what you should focus on more than quantity. At least I'm a big proponent of that. I'm thinking if we said that, yeah, that's good. I don't know if we have said that, but that's something I believe in because you got to up the quality first before you try to up the quantity because why would you want to up the quantity of bad sex? Well, something else we've said to that higher desire spouse is a lot of times you are surprised. You think you need sex five days a week, but when it represents a real connection uh, and, and the sex is very good, you're satisfied with less. Right. So. But you also don't, I mean, realize... Whatever the frequency of sex is that's going on in your marriage right now, that's part of a stable relationship. So it's not, oh, I'm just going to hold out till everything's better. It is one of those, okay, you want to make gradual shifts in this. So if you're trying to up the quality and the quantity, then gradual shifts. Continue with the approach you've had of however you've initiated, however, whatever your schedule is. Maybe you have sex on Saturdays. I mean, I know lots of couples, they just, it's weekend sex only just because of schedules and mm-hmm. it's just not on the, it's right. not on the time frame. You know, it's just not, you got too many other things going on. And by the time you finally fall into bed at night, that's the last thing either of you really want to do. So it's one of those where you start just again, talk about it and just say to your spouse, I'd really like to up the amount of times we get together and have sex. And I don't. Maybe you figure out ways to get a little crazy with that of rather, you know, a little lunch rendezvous if you both work outside the home or have kids that are occupied during the day. Well, maybe there's a chance to meet during the day. Maybe there's, you know, so it's just you, you just start the whole process of change by just talking about it. It's just like we talked about with the how do you get your, you know, how do you listen to the show? Yeah, and, and so again, starting with that from a positive mindset and expecting a positive outcome instead of saying, we don't have sex enough, you know, right. let your spouse know there is nothing that makes me feel closer to you than when we're intimate. And I, I've just been wondering lately how we can do it more. I right. miss the times we used to do it more or whatever. So when you let your, your mate know that it's, it's from such a positive place of desire and not just from wanting to use them. Right. And along the same lines of you you let your mate know you want to up the frequency. But if you're the high desire partner, up the frequency, (laughs) up the initiation more. I mean, and and take your time and don't just do the whole, oh, it's bedtime now. So let's have sex. You know, start earlier in the day throughout the week. You may not get sex that night, but you start making subtle shifts. Right. You start really pursuing. Pursuing. Yeah, because, you know, we've mentioned before that for women, 
sex often starts in the mind, if not right. almost always start, starts in the mind. There's just because Definitely. the difference in testosterone levels, which typically is the biological drive, if you will, for desire. So if you will start to engage her mind, it may not mean sex that night, but it could the next night or during the day or who knows. But it's that idea of you start to pursue her and engage her and kind of up your alpha to her. Then all of a sudden you start to change the frequency because she's a little more open to it. So therefore make some moves. Yeah, absolutely. Create invitations. If you're taking a shower before bed, let her know, hey, I'm taking a shower. I'd love if you join me. You're welcome to join me. You know, something. Don't just wait till you're under the covers and you're already naked and then you're going to roll over. Just exactly. Invitations, loving affection. She likes your eye contact. She likes to see you standing in your strength and pursuing on her behalf. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's tougher for the, it's tougher for the higher desire wife. She doesn't like being the pursuer. Right. And that we've, we've done some shows on that, that it's, it's right. a little more difficult, difficult, but it's still one of those, whoever is the high desire, they typically get 90% of the responsibility of initiation, if not more. Right. So that's just part of it. So if you're the high desire and you want to up it, on the number of times you're having sex regularly, well then it's on you to up it via initiate the conversation and initiate the act. Yes. I mean, that's report in. Well, yeah, let us know how it goes. Cause this where you're falling down in this. uh, Yeah. Cause this is something, this is something that's happened in my marriage where, you know, we had, we had fallen into the, we were the standard American couple of, yeah, once a week, pretty regular. And it was weekend because kids and just whatever. So it was weekend sex. And I finally made a comment to Pam that it's like, you know, hey, sex has gotten really good for us. So I'm going to start coming after you more. I'm just giving you a heads up. And oh, so actually. just kind of, st- and so I had to change my game. And I think I've talked about this from a, a way past show of I used to do the hover and kind of look for the chance for the opportunity that she would give me the green light before I would just make a move. Now I just make a move, and I get shot down. That's all right. But it, the spirit has changed to where it's much more playful. It's much more deep in the sense of – because she knows she can say, no, I'm just not there, and I'm not going to be crushed. You know, I can handle you know, being rejected because she knows there's going to be another move coming tomorrow night you know, <laughs> or, or tomorrow morning. Yeah, and if you're like us, if you don't kind of make a plan, the evening just gets away, yeah. and it, then it's late. You're suddenly yeah. looking at the clock saying, oh, it's 11 o'clock, we're getting up at 4 yeah. or something. So if I love it when Paul will say something to me like, so what time should we plan to go to bed? You know, to, just yeah. sweetest little invitations. Hey, what time? What what are we looking at tonight? What yeah. time should we go to bed to connect and have a great time? Yeah. Or so it's all kinds of ways to create an invitation. It makes you more attractive. Yeah, and and you can even do this when kids are awake because your bedroom, if you're like most 
homes in America, I'm assuming most master bedrooms have locks. And if not, then you just kind of set some ground rules with the kids. Of, hey, you know, you guys are watching a movie. Mom and I are heading back to the bedroom. Please don't disturb us. I had some really good friends in New Mexico who their door to their bedroom was a French door, so it was all glass. And they had no, I was, I'd say, Shelly, where in the world is your roller blind in here? Oh, we don't have any. Interesting. So that was pretty wild. Yeah. It's a small house. I mean, there's some things that you kind of have to set the parameters. I have followed a family that has been living full time in an RV traveling the country for two years. And they have four kids. Yeah. And so one of the questions was, how do you have time for mom and dad time? It's like, well, we just are very upfront with the kids. Hey, this morning, you guys are playing outside. Oh, that's good. (laughs) You know? Oh, my best. Right. It, it's just you just kind of let them know that. And, and the nice thing about it is you don't have to do vulgar, you know, be vulgar or inappropriate and say, hey, kids, mom and I are not going to go have sex now. So don't come in. You know, it, it's just this whole, hey, mom and I are going to steal some time now. So you guys right. need to watch a movie. You need to go play outside, whatever. But it's just you're, you're claiming your marriage. You're claiming your spouse. That sends a great, great signal to your children. Yeah, I know. So you can have sex while kids are awake. It's nothing. You don't have to just wait until bedtime. All right, there you go. Paul, Paul used to say, well, if you didn't scream so loud, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I don't know. I can hear some of our listeners thinking, oh, wow. Okay. Well, and again. You haven't heard my wife. Yeah, but sex sometimes when kids are awake, you know, it's you don't have the same amount of time to just let things unfold. Sometimes it's more about just getting together and having sex, you know, having the connection. It's not the long drawn out. Let's take two hours to let this whole thing happen. You know, sometimes you got 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Well, okay, do it and see what, let us know how it goes. Yeah, there we go. And so another email that we just had that, Kind of as we've touched on, I guess a little bit is the idea of what do you ha- what do you do with a spouse that has like an arousal disorder that being touched has no great sensation associated with it, and it doesn't matter where she's touched. This is a, a husband that emailed the show saying his wife basically has an arousal disorder. She probably doesn't like affection in any part of her, and she probably can't stay on hugs. Well, that's the one question you got to ask. You got to yeah. find out is is she an affectionate person, and there's just an aversion when it comes to sex. Right, that'd be the first question. Because some people could be, they're really affectionate, but there's a line that no, once you cross that line, it, everything shuts down, and that's because of past trauma, childhood upbringing, whatever, and those are things that are personal. It has to be addressed by her. Obviously, there's relational impact to it, but it's got to be addressed by her. Yeah, and has it always, did they say it's always been an issue? I can't remember on, I think it is. I think it's something, I know that that's a theme that we get for Mm -hmm. some of our emails is that, you know, sex when dating or the making out when dating was great, filled with passion, and then all of a sudden when sex entered the picture or marriage in the picture, it changed. And so 
that's a lot of time in my belief that's tied to upbringing yeah that's tied to the messages that you've been sold on sex that it's dirty that it's shameful that it shouldn't be done that it's only for procreation well no it's not there's there's a lot of joy and blessing that comes with it but you have to work through those things yeah absolutely those are those go back to those five things i always talk about with you know five keys to great sex when you're not in a mood in the mood so how you perceive sex is a big one right so whether the issue is how she perceives sex itself how she perceives herself if we when we as women feel shameful about our bodies it's very hard to be aroused right um how she feels about how she's dealing with stress or just getting in touch with the moment. If, if you know, when there's so much stress and stuff on our mind that completely hinders, um, arousal right. and then how she feels about her spouse. It means that when we're angry, then we can't, some people can get aroused when they're angry, but generally if she's feeling really angry towards you or, or resentful, then that affects it. So there's kind of those five things. So they all kind of play in into yeah. that. Yeah, and you reach a point where you kind of have to rewire your body and your mind, that connection. Because yeah, it can be one where some touch is kind of noxious touch that it, it, it there there is kind of this aversion is kind of you pull back if you're touched a certain way. It's also uh theoretically, you know, or psychologically tickling is the same kind of thing that if you get real ticklish, you can work, you can rewire your brain so that you're not ticklish, but don't know if you right. knew that. And <laughs> because sometimes you have to just learn how to follow that connection with, with somebody's hand on your body and the brain. And, and then you can start that. And, and this is a real systematic process of you start non-erotic, non-arousing that's not the intent. You know, you don't just start, well, I want to try to make it so that you feel better. So I'm starting on your breasts or I'm starting on your clitoris. You, know, you don't just start that way. You start on the stomach. You start on the back. You start on the shoulders. You start on some of those places that are less arousing but can become so. The the non-aversion spouse starts well, this on the is, other spouse? Yeah, this is something that can be done as a couple it can be it's a relational right. thing that you're yeah. rewiring your brain with the help of your partner mm-hmm. and so you realize this is this is not an an attempt to have sex this is an attempt to help become more comfortable in your own skin and so you can have your mate practice some massage in a sense mm-hmm. and it can even be you know you have your mate put your put his hand or her hand we'll just go with his as if she's the the verse spouse put his hand on your stomach or on your back stomach's the easiest because it allows you to put your hand on top of his and help mm-hmm. kind of guide the movements of the pressure and the and the the intensity the you know all of that and the the whole point is you're trying to create and establish a connection together and with your brain you know, so that you almost yeah. become one. And this is, I mean, the, the, this whole concept is explained further 
in Dr. David Schnarch's newest book that he wrote. I think it came out a year ago, which is Intimacy and Desire. Again, it's kind of deep. And, you know, I love it just because that's kind of the world I live in <laughs> with, the, with the academia kind of stuff. But towards the end of the book, he gets into the idea of ticklishness and noxious okay. touch and the whole idea of a collaborative alliance and how you can break that relationally and you can break the ticklishness and open the pathway to more eroticism by doing stuff together. And so he explains it really well. And that's the idea I'm talking about here is you can connect and you can make these things that seem personal. You can, there's relational answers to it, but you have to have that collaborative alliance. It's not a me against you. It's a us. Exactly. And, and that takes, that takes work to reach that level as a relationship. Because it means I don't take your, you know, I, I wouldn't take your pulling back personally. You know, it's not a failure on my part or your part. It's a relational thing. So let's keep working towards this. And that, that takes each person being comfortable and growing. Right. Yeah, there's so many elements to that. And, and another exercise that we've alluded to before, very similar to that, is just what I guess in Tantra they call soul gazing you put your hand on each other's chest while you're looking at each other in the eyes for several minutes and it's it's very intimate and yes. so if you there comes a place where you and until we can be vulnerable there's no experience of joy or connection so all of that intimacy requires that vulnerability so anytime you can look at each other and touch it all is powerful and if there is a connection in your mind to sex from a, a bad sexual experience or a bad upbringing then also you can choose to rewire your brain different ways yeah you just it, but the first thing is you got to acknowledge where you are yeah and and live there in a sense i mean it's that whole idea of your your partner knows this is going on you know your spouse knows there's aversion to various things that happen in life and in sex. You know, I know that with Pam. I know the certain things that, you know, there's times where I could try something and she's going to be open to it just because you can kind of sense what's going on. And there's times where, no, you know, let's just not go there. I mean, and that's kind of recognizing that in yourself is a great way to start to create something through it. And, you know, on a lighter side of it, you know, I've been bad. Part of the reason why we missed last week's show was you were traveling and I was, I've been battling a sickness, you know, just this mm -hmm. head, bad head cold. And it was going on for like two weeks for me. And there was, and it would come and go and it was nothing that would just knock you out, but it was just enough to be totally annoying. And there was one point where Pam and I had, had not been together much. We'd had all these kind of pa crossing paths and just not connecting and we're lying in bed one night. And I finally, it was kind of those, we both were wanting to make a move to have sex, but neither one wanted to, make the move <laughs> and so I just kind of said you know I'm really interested in sex with you right now but I'm not interested in the work <laughs> <laughs> and she's okay so I was like are you interested in some mediocre sex tonight <laughs> with no work involved she's like absolutely I'm like sweet <laughs> so, but it's it like well that's a great move right there isn't it <laughs> I know. I've told you sometimes Paul will say, uh, yeah. can you be fast like a man? Yeah. So it's just that whole, 
Yeah, I, I, but the, you know, it's what I really want, but my body's just not there. You know, and but you have to recognize those. And when you do, you claim it. You kind of claim some power within that situation to change it if you want. And that's and you keep and you keep lube by the bed. Well, sure. I mean, obviously, you need to, some things to maybe help things <laughs> along. But the idea is that when we will open up ourselves and then our spouse to what's going on with ourselves, we start to change everything. We start to empower things in our life. We start to create more in our life. We start to experience more in our marriage. Exactly. And with a lighthearted approach, you're shocked that what should have been so mediocre turned out pretty special after all. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was, good. It was a good encounter, but it's just one of those... Normally, I would just, eh, whatever, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like, all right, I'm gonna. This is a chance to practice what I what I speak on. So, <laughs> here you go, baby. There How about some go. mediocre so sex with tonight? All of that, we hope that you'll go out uh, toward your mate and connect, and if possible, have lots more sex. Absolutely. Let us know how it goes too. Have a great day. Take care. Let's talk about